You're listening to Randall Wallace Presents, formerly Bridging the Political Gap, the number one American history podcast of 2024 by Feedspot.com. He joined LBJ's U.S. Senate campaign after law school and went to Washington. His political career spanned five decades, including appointments as Secretary of the Navy and Treasury. One tragic day is forever tied to his three terms as Texas governor. Governor Conley and the president were rushed to the hospital. But his legacy endures through initiatives that transformed education. To those of you who want more for your children than you have for yourself, we offer hope. John Connolly, he's a Longhorn legend. Leadership first is courage. Leadership is vision. Leadership is an understanding of people. They have to trust you. They have to believe in you. You have to be honest with them. You have to, you have, to have integrity in your dealings with them. Uh, whether you're talking about uh, uh, leading men into battle, uh, leading, a, leading an economic uh, uh, effort in the nation, or leading a nation itself. John Connolly first showed strong leadership ability when he was elected student body president at the University of Texas, where he met and married campus sweetheart Nellie Brill, now his wife of 39 years. After graduating with a law degree, John Connolly served as aide to a congressman and later a U.S. senator. During World War II, he served in the U.S. Navy and received the Legion of Merit and Bronze Star for heroic achievement under pressure of battle. John Connolly left a successful business and legal career in 1961 when he was appointed Secretary of the Navy by John F. Kennedy. In January 1963, John Connolly was sworn in as governor of Texas. Later that year, he was gravely wounded in the same car in which President Kennedy died. He continued as governor and was twice re-elected. In 1971, John Connolly was appointed Secretary of the Treasury, where he dealt with the most complex management of our nation's financial affairs. He has served as advisor to four presidents. Throughout his lifetime of experience in business and government, the word always used to describe John Connolly has been leader. And now, John B. Connolly. I'm running for president because I'm deeply concerned about where our country's going. 1980 will be the most important election in this century. The course of America must be changed. I'm concerned, as I'm sure you are, about runaway inflation, about our energy crisis, and we do have an energy crisis. I'm concerned about big government and what overregulation is doing to our lives. And I'm especially concerned about our declining strength and influence in a dangerous world. That declining strength affects our economy and the very thread of our lives. Asking Americans, to lower our standard of living, stop our growth, and dim our hopes for the future is not acceptable. Americans just aren't built that way. Americans want to go forward, not backward. Sure, we have problems, but they can be solved. They can be solved with strong, effective leadership. And I believe I can provide that leadership. To have a chance to do so, I need your help. 
And I want you to know what kind of a candidate I am, what kind of voice you'll have in the White House. I'm the candidate of the forgotten American who works hard, pays his bills, and pays his taxes. The American that Washington ignores. The candidate of the forgotten American who's sick and tired of seeing the stars and stripes kicked around. The candidate of the forgotten American who goes to church on Sunday and believes in prayer in school. The candidate of the forgotten American who still believes in the moral values and principles that built this nation. If that's the kind of candidate you'd like to see lead this nation, I hope you'll join our campaign. Together we can turn this country around. Together we can make America strong again. Together we can have new hope for the future. If you'd like to join the thousands of other Americans who are supporting John Connolly, call toll-free 1. Welcome to this special edition on John Connolly. In our last episode, we looked at the newest accusations that have been floating around by, about him and looked at his place in history. But I thought these episodes, we're going to do two of them, will show you that he really was the advisor to presidents, uh, especially Lyndon Johnson, who he was very close to. Uh, and you're going to see in this phone call uh, that we're going to let you listen to from July of 1974, uh, he's going to cover all kinds of political topics with, with Johnson, uh, from George Wallace and his releasing of delegates at the Democratic Convention. He gives a, a pessimistic political report of what's going on in the South, in the border states, and uh, his opposition to RFK becoming a, a, a running mate, uh, what they think of Hubert Humphrey becoming a, a, a vice presidential nominee, the idea of another Catholic being a, a vice presidential nominee and being on the Democratic ticket, and then the backlash on civil rights in the South. It's a fascinating phone call. It's a long one. LBJ, LBJ actually talks a lot. You'll, you'll see this when we go back and look at Nixon, that Nixon doesn't talk nearly as long and, uh, and as, as long-winded as LBJ can be. But uh, this is a pretty fascinating phone call. You get to see that John Connolly really is a guy these people listen to when he talks. With that, here is LBJ and John Connolly from July 23rd. 1964. All right, there you are, sir. Hi, John. Hi, Mr. President. I want to give you a quick report, and if, then I'll later give it to Jack in detail if, uh, Good. if you want. Good. George Wallace last night released his delegation from their commitment to him. He will not, probably not attend the convention at all. A man named Jess Lanier of Bessemer, Alabama, will attend. He says, of course, you're not on the ticket over there, that the backlash is unbelievable, uh, that substantially no one's for you, that he's going to support, he's not going to support Goldwater, or didn't, didn't categorically say that, but indicated it, said he was going to support all the congressmen over there, although they didn't support him, uh, and then he went on and... Uh, now, who is this? This is George Wallace. Oh, George Wallace, yeah. yeah Alabama. But Lanier, Lanier is going to speak for him? Uh, Jeff Lanier will be chairman of the delegation. Mm -hmm. Now, he says that probably the Alabama delegation is going to the convention to raise hell. Uh, he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't think they ought to be kicked out, and, but he particularly thinks we're in trouble over there and going to be in trouble. Doesn't know if there's anything we can do about it, uh, except to quiet the talk as fast as possible. He said he would like to support the Democrats. He doesn't intend to support the Republicans. Uh, but he's going to spend his time working for the Democratic congressman in his state. He said uh, there will be unshirted hell if uh, under this bill any funds are cut off under any federal programs in the state. 
about the net of it. Mm-hmm. No, uh, no vice presidential uh, problems there. Uh, problems we'll have will be uh, both presidential and vice presidential. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nobody's working on the vice presidential candidates. You've got mm-hmm. no problem. Jack Campbell, New Mexico. There, there, he's in charge of their delegation. They're just waiting to, for you to indicate uh, who you want for vice president. They don't have any problems with the delegation. They think they got some trouble in the state, but they're not too worried about it. They are worried about the civil rights backlash, but they don't know how deep. Uh, Jack doesn't know how deep it's going to be. John McKithen of Louisiana says, rough, rough, rough. He said northern Louisiana, in his opinion, will go 80% for Goldwater. Northern Louisiana. He says that he talked to some of the senators from two parishes in South Louisiana last night, and they indicate you can't carry South Louisiana. Uh, they think New Orleans, as of today, would go to Goldwater by a substantial margin. You can't carry New Orleans in South Louisiana, where they have a heavy Catholic population, that you can't, there's no way you can carry Louisiana. John McKiffin's so worried about it, he's very doubtful now that he would even go to the convention. Uh, if he doesn't, Marshall Brown, the national committeeman, will go. He's talked to Orville Faubus. Faubus says that things are extremely rough in Arkansas. I couldn't get Orville. He's out of pocket. Uh, he just says of today that uh, you, you can't carry uh, Louisiana. Uh, he said last night he had a meeting with a bunch of unions in the up, upper state, uh, upper part of the state, Louisiana. They're not uh, AFL-CIO. Most of them are independent unions. He met with them. They supported him against uh, the Shreveport oil man. And uh, he was working out some patronage problems with them. He said that those uh, laboring people, he just uh, said there were about a dozen of them, that uh, they were opposed to you to a man. I'm reading you from notes. Uh, delegation is split. They're all types. They range from liberals to uh, segregationists, uh, although there's basically no problem. They've got control of it uh, if things go well. He says if Mississippi and Alabama not seated, uh, in the convention that he doesn't know what will happen. He just thinks we'd have uncharted hell. Uh, he says he wants to be for the Democrats, and he is not going to support Goldwater. But uh, if uh, the vice presidential thing turns out where he can't, he can't support the ticket, why, he's just going to go to sleep, he said, and take a nap. Or he's not going to do anything. He is violently opposed to Bobby Kennedy and almost equally opposed to Hubert Humphrey. He says the situation is extremely serious for Louisiana. Who's he for? Well, he's for you. No, I mean uh, uh, for Vice President. He just, uh, almost anybody, he just says anybody that won't hurt us. He said Humphrey and Kennedy both would hurt. He said it don't make a difference who it is, just so that it's not somebody that raved a wet flag. He said, I don't have a candidate. Couldn't care less. <laughs> John Dalton of Missouri is going to be chairman of the delegation. Delegation. Mildly conservative, he says you definitely do not need a Catholic. And he said if we ever get this idea that you've got to have a, uh, an ethnic group, a religious group on the ticket, uh, he thinks it's a great disservice. He felt pretty strongly about it. He said Bobby would wreck us. He said Pat Brown's a thug. Uh, couldn't go with him. He said he'd take Humphrey over McCarthy. But uh, they'll be for you and for whoever you want for vice president. He said, Miller's not going to cause you any trouble, whatever, <laughs> the fact that he's a Catholic. He said, Miller's a low-grade individual and a low-grade Catholic. 
said there's very little backlash on civil rights in Missouri. said you're in excellent shape in Missouri. The mayor of St. Louis told me uh, that he had been mayor many years, and he'd been in politics all of his life, and he's 67 years old. And he had never seen people as likely to go wild as now, and that there's absolutely no way you could anticipate them. And this thing could just uh, could uh, backfire so quick you don't know what to do. He said that they just they, everybody's got something that they've been against through the years, and they're quite frustrated. And everybody from a woman having changed life on down to somebody that's afraid a nigger is going to move next to him, or somebody that's afraid a nigger is not. And he just says that uh, he's surprised with everybody getting jobs and doing well and as fine as they are, but that is it, and don't underestimate it, and said that he who does, does so at his own peril. Uh, that's exactly my judgment. Uh, this John Dalton gave me the only good report. He said the local Democratic ticket in, in Missouri is not in good shape, and, uh, and it's not a good ticket necessarily. Uh, he says that uh, as it now stands, you can carry the local ticket through, but the local ticket isn't going to help you a damn bit. Well, uh, Long tells me that he thinks we'd come out there and stay and work on a dam and promise some things. Can help. He told me that yesterday at lunch, Sunday Long, but he says Simon's got the worst opposition he's had. He'll make it, but uh, said the governor, they may elect a, a Republican governor. Well, that's about what. Uh, uh, that's about what. Uh, uh, John Dalton says. Now, John Dalton says if you get somebody like uh, uh, Bobby Kennedy on this ticket, but frankly, you beat the whole local ticket. And he's talking about governor, senator, and the works. He said, I don't think it would mean the president would mean Missouri, but he said, I think you beat everybody on the local ticket. He said, you'll have to carry the local ticket because it's basically weak. He said, if McNamara were the vice president, you'd call some grumbling among the old party uh, hacks. He used them. He used that expression. But they'd fall in line. But so that wouldn't be their first choice among the party professions. Don Russell of South Carolina says we're going to have a hell of a time in South Carolina. That he's uh, he's for the ticket, he's for you, and he's going to support you. But he said, please, 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 anybody but Kennedy or Humphrey. He's going to head the delegation. Strom Thurmond's already backing out. Now says he can't go. Now, incidentally, all of this is in confidence, although I think you all understood I was going to tell you. Mm-hmm. But they called some names that they didn't, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure, want you to mm-hmm. uh, pass on. No, no. He said many of his delegation are getting weak kneed. Uh, Strom Thurmond's already found some excuse now why he can't go. And he says that he thinks very definitely that the South, Southeast, needs of whatever bomb and whatever si- salve now you can give them. Uh, he said, those of us who stood against Wallace, and Don Russell did, he said, we did it and took a hell of a lot of heat and a hell of a lot of pressure. He said, as far as I'm concerned, I'm damn glad he's out. He said, I'd prefer to have him out, even though some people might think it's going to help Goldwater or something. But he said, if Bob Kennedy's on the ticket, heaven and hell couldn't save South Carolina. Mm-hmm. He said he thought he saw some Bob Kennedy activity because Fritz Hollins tried like hell to get on the delegation. He couldn't get elected either at large or from his district. He's not on it. And a district attorney who was appointed down there wanted his wife to be a delegate. This district attorney was forced down the two senators' throats by Bobby Kennedy. Uh, but uh, they, they began to smell a rat, so she's not on the delegate list. And incidentally, the DA had just come from Washington. 
at the time he made this move to get his wife on the delegation. But neither Fritz nor uh, the DA are on there. Uh, he said Hubert Humphrey uh, is not much ahead of Bobby as far as their choice is concerned. Uh, all of it on account of civil rights. He said that if Alabama and Mississippi are not seated, it would cause serious problems and be extremely embarrassing for them, and they don't know what would happen. Uh, he said he, he could go for Dick Hughes or Jackson or Symington or damn near anybody. He said, I believe what Roosevelt once said, that, that uh, you never get a vice president that will help you. All you want is one that won't hurt you. And he said, you got to get the president, got to get the votes himself. So the best thing he can do is get somebody that ain't going to hurt him. He don't make a damn whether he helps him or not. But not going to help him much anyway, regardless of who it is. He said, uh, brought this up, he said he doesn't think that any Catholic was needed on the ticket. And he said almost identically what John Dalton did. He said that if we get the idea across broad in the country that you've got to appeal to this ethnic group or that religious group to, to make up a ticket to run for president or vice president, we do a great disservice to the country. Don Russell. Ferris Bryant says things are <clears throat> in much better shape uh, down there. The, the suit's out of the way. He said very frankly and confidentially that the congressmen and the senators are very reluctant now to be identified with the Democratic Party. Uh, the chairman of the uh, delegation, for instance, won't go to the convention and won't serve on any of the committees. They won't put some of the congressmen on these committees and uh, they don't want to serve. They all find excuses. He says we're in real trouble. Uh, he said he thinks you can carry Dade and, and Broward County. That's Miami and, and St. Augustine. Uh, one other big town. St. Petersburg, I believe. <laughs> but he said Goldwater's going to carry the rest of the state. Uh, the other day, 45 senators met state senators, and only three of the 45 would now say they're going to be for you. He said it's not that bad, but it's an indication that only three of them would speak up and say they're going to get out and act and support you. He said he's going to support you. He has supported you. And he said that his successor, the nominee for governor, uh, has said that he's running for that he's running for governor and he's running his own business. He has nothing in common with the national ticket. He's not running for president. He's running for governor. He said that's about all he can do. If he says any more, he's going to get help. He's out of him. Humphrey says would hurt. Bobby would be disastrous. Uh... He says that he's going to lead the delegation. He's going to be helpful, wants to be helpful. If Alabama and Mississippi are not seated, uh, uh, he says that he don't want to tell her. So it'll be ex extremely embarrassing. Albertus Harrison is going to head, uh, Virginia's going to head the delegation. He says, of course, that everything's civil rights. In uh, the area he comes from, in southeast uh, Virginia, he said the 70% neg Negroes in school age, 30% whites. He said it's, it's going to be a very, very serious problem. He doesn't know at this moment what's going to happen. He says it's a little too early to tell. He's going to support the ticket, ticket uh, has done so. He's going to try to do everything he knows how to do. Uh, he thinks that uh, we've got to have a little time. The more we play down this civil rights thing, he says you've got to stop these riots. He doesn't say you. He said, we, we've got to stop the riots and the disorders. He said, if they continue, uh, God only knows what's going to happen. He said, there's not any any way we, we can hold those things. He said, Bobby Kennedy on the ticket would be disastrous. He said, you can just forget the thing. It's about overwhelming, Mark. 
Now, those are the only ones I've been able to get. Uh, Carl Sanders is in New York. Faubus is out campaigning. Frank Clements is out campaigning. Uh, Paul Johnson I couldn't get. And that's about the rundown. Well, I think that's a accurate report. and That doesn't change anything uh, uh, that uh, I thought. Uh, no, I don't think so. I felt that way, and I, I think it's going to get worse before it gets any better. I, uh, I think that uh, the craft poll in Alabama uh, shows how deep the field there, and uh, that's kind of a weather vane of what ultimately spreads uh, yep. on this kind of an issue. Now, I don't know how anybody can stop uh, what they're doing on the Freedom Party. I think it's very bad, and I wish that I could stop it. I tried, but I haven't been able to, and I've had O'Donnell try, and he hadn't been able to. It may very well be that Bobby has started it. Uh, I thought last night I couldn't sleep. About 2.30 I waked up, and I tried to figure what I would do if I were a candidate for vice president. And I, I was going to be confronted with what he's going to be confronted with. And I, I was going to be confronted with what he's going to be confronted with. And the boss man would say that uh, I can't take you on account of the South. I think the first thing I do is try to make the South of no value either to him or to me. That uh, I am of no concern because it's hopeless. I believe that's what is happening. Uh, we found that Burke Marshall was talking to him and they're advising with him, but uh, we don't know whether he's comforting them or whether he's uh, uh, advising them another way. Yeah. Uh, Joe Rao and uh, Martin Luther King and folks that normally uh, run with that crowd are leading it. Humphrey is trying his best to put an end to it, but uh, he hadn't had much luck with them. Now, if they get up there, I think it's going to be pretty difficult for a fellow like Donald Russell or Harrison. He had lunch with me yesterday. I didn't get to talk to him, but he was here. Uh, and you or anybody else from that part of the country with a substantial uh, Negro population, uh, like East Texas or like uh, uh, Louisiana and Arkansas, I think it's going to be pretty hard for them to... Uh, sit by and let their sister states be thrown out when they were duly elected and uh, are the real uh, uh, proper delegation. Yeah. On the other hand, I don't see how a fellow like Dick Hughes and Governor Lawrence and Dick Bailey, I don't see how they can possibly uh, go back to their states and say they're proceeding uh, uh, the Alabama group and the Mississippi group when they won't say they support the nominees, and uh, that's in the call, and that's in the rules, and that's the loyalty oath, you know, that they worked on for many years. Yep. So it looks like you just pretty well uh, split the party, uh, uh, very much worse than go out and rock tell even. Yep. And it looks like there are forces that would like to do that. I have no doubt that they claim that uh, they got a Texas oil millionaire messing around up in Harlem. I don't know who it is unless old man Hunt got some money. But Hoover's after it now, and they've got all the communists in. So they're both sides in on these riots, and they hire them, and they these folks got walkie-talkies, and they got the, uh, 
these helmets, and they all dressed up. You just think it is a party they got. Somebody's financing them big. And they go in a different town every night. It's uh, it's Brooklyn one night, and it's Harlem the next night, and it'll be another six in New York tonight. Uh, and they're kind of getting it on all over the world. I was talking to Prime Minister Malaysia, and he's just having a hell of a time with his people riding. He's going to have to cancel his trip and go back home. And there's a great deal of frustration and uncertainty. Yep. So that's what's going to happen between the conservatives, uh, the 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 of the South and the others of the East. Being from the South, I don't think, I think it probably just makes it worse. I don't think you can do any more about it than Keith Alford do about it. I have uh, I have uh, handled the Mississippi thing and uh, uh, the Georgia thing uh, in uh, cooperation both governors and talking to them before they did anything and doing, doing no troops and just uh, trying to help them and, and uh, I couldn't have handled it better, and I couldn't. I haven't made any mistakes, as far as I'm concerned, that weren't made before I came in here, namely the Civil Rights Bill. But I guess right. they can't take it, and uh, when the, when it gets too hot in the kitchen, they're gonna they 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 just nothing the poor fellow can do about it. Self-preservation's first law of nature, and uh, now then the question comes. Uh, the governor of New Hampshire today says that in order to carry the North, he's got to be on the ticket. And uh, the uh, UAW worker in Pittsburgh says he's got 100,000 signatures, Pennsylvania. Uh, he went out to uh, Illinois last night, and uh, I got a memorandum here from one of my friends that attended the meeting. I haven't read it, but he just gave it to me over in the business man's meeting at 300 at the reception in Chicago. He spoke and showed films on the library. Those present in the reception included 50 ward committeemen from Cook County, and thus represented a substantial part of the Illinois delegation at the convention. One of those present reports that it was largely a political crowd and the meeting had political overtone. We are seeking to determine the extent to which the crowd included civic leaders of the type that one would expect to be invited to the library. He was scheduled to be at a meeting in Southside Democratic Headquarters at 8 o'clock, a crowd of 2,000 had been turned out by the organization, but he did not show up. An extremely reliable and perceptive observer reports, quote, the consensus among the Cook County organization is that Daly favors the Attorney General for the Vice President, but might not press the matter openly against the President's wishes. Their personal relationship is such that one should assume that anything Daly knows, Kennedy knows. Within the last two weeks, Shriver indicated to Marshal Korshak, a key ward committeeman, and to Danny Roskankowski, the leading congressman, that he is himself under consideration and is optimistic about his chances. Now, uh, I have about come to the conclusion that it is just as, pos just as positive as we're sitting here that he is going to force a roll call on his name for this place or the other place. I think probably the vice presidency at the moment. Uh, he will have some people in every delegation that have been friendly uh, or some way or other, and he'll be in touch with them. And they're going to have an emotional thing with this film and uh, Miss Kennedy and all of them. 
then he's going to really make the pitch. Now, most of my advisors here think I ought to call him in now, a month ahead of time, so I can get word to all the leaders and tell them how I feel. And if they don't want me, why, well, it's all right. They can just take him because he will have the nomination if I don't have it. And uh, uh, so I had about concluded that I would give daily until tomorrow. He told me he called me a couple of uh, Thursday, Friday. I'd give him maybe until Friday, and if I didn't have him, I'd ask this fellow to come in Saturday. I expect he'd be out of town, so I won't get to see him on Monday. But say to him that I have given a lot of thought to this, and in view of the polls and the problems in the Midwest and the problems in the border states, not the South particularly, because he knows that, and I don't want him to, I don't want him to use that as an issue on me, that I'm just signing up Mississippi against him. Yep. Uh, uh, but in view of the border states, in view of the Midwest, it just seems to me like that I'll tell him that I'm not going to recommend to the delegation that they take him. He won't argue about it, and they say he's very much against Humphrey. He told Clark Clifford that he he would consider that a great insult to his brother's memory. Humphrey ran against him and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I would tell him that, and my guess is some of them think that uh, he might decide not to do anything about it, but most of them think that he is determined that he wants this job, and he will do anything in the world he can to get it, and it's by causing the fight. Uh, he thinks that uh, he can probably make me throw the election, and he wouldn't. He'd like to see me a defeated man like Stevenson. Uh, and uh, that, that's one reason he's, he's not unhappy about what's happening in the South. Now, I, I'm not in a position. I don't have anybody that can go in and get Lawrence and get Bailey and get Wagner and uh, uh, all the committees owned by them. I have Jack Bellini, none of who nobody knows, Bill Moyer and Walter. That's my team here. The rest of them are their people. And uh, Ken hadn't been in today at all. I don't know where the hell he is or what he's doing. Uh, he doesn't discuss any of these things. I give him an assignment, but he just didn't do any more about it. Didn't come back. And when this fellow looks at me, he looks at me like he's going to look a hole for me, uh, like I'm a spy or something, uh, uh, Bobby. He was at lunch today. I had a cabinet at lunch with 300 businessmen, all the presidents of the big companies. And I had a wonderful meeting. Most of them said they're going to support me, the Republicans. Uh, yeah, I think they will. Uh, had a wonderful meeting, and they just applauded the living hell out of us. But uh, uh, he didn't even come in after lunch to hear my report or my speech. Every other cabinet man was there. So um, that's about the way it is. Now, my present intention... Uh, Although I don't see, I, I think if we just go down and start fighting, maybe the prestige of the office will carry us through. But uh, I think it'll be like Daly says. Daly says, please don't do it. Wait till you get up there. Let some committee, executive committee, come in and tell him. And don't you take the blame of knocking him off because you can't take the South on and the Kennedys on and the North on, too. And get them all mad at you, and let let us do it up there. Uh, Clark Clifford and others say here that uh, if I do that, it'll be too late. That they'll be in charge up there. That they're running every day, and that uh, uh, I got to tell him now. And if I can't stop him from the cabinet, he'll probably resign, and uh, uh, then we'll just have to see which one can win. Uh, I I have uh, the office, but I don't have much to fight with. I I've got. 20 minutes here with you now, but I've got to go to 
the reception, the prime minister telling goodbye. He's leaving. I got to go to Valley Forge tonight at 7.30, speak there. And I didn't sleep two hours last night, and I had, I had New Zealand on Monday, and I had all the foreign ministers in Latin America on Tuesday, and I had Malays on Wednesday and Thursday. And that goes on every day in this job. Uh, we had to send a wire today to Brazil to keep it from turning upside down. we got a problem with Cyprus tomorrow. And I really don't have a moment to even try to pick the keynote. I think we're going to pick the pastore. I got McCormick and Albert in there, but we lost the poverty bill by one vote. Then we won it by one vote. Then we had a tie vote. And I'm pretty in Mansfield. Uh, Mansfield's not much leader, not very interested in it. And He's going to put me on spot next week. He's going to pass a beef import amendment that uh, uh, just ruins my whole trade program. We, we've got uh, greater exports and farm goods now than we've ever had. They have 30% this year, and a good deal of it's meat that we're exporting right now. We exported $4 million this month. Uh, but he's going to say not import over the five-year average, and we've got it down under the five-year average, but I have to veto it, and then they pass it over my veto, and then that makes every state, Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, 15 meat states, makes them all mad and gets him nowhere right where he is. But uh, that's the problem I've got, and I can't, uh, Albert's against it, but Albert said if Mansfield pass it, he'll have to pass it, because he's from a meat district, too. Yeah. They're like Montana, Oklahoma. So uh, you, those are your problems, and I don't know. Uh, uh, might be this is an easy way to maybe get out with save your face by just getting beat. <laughs> oh, you ain't going to do that. I don't think so, but no. it's, a, it's a real difficult one because I don't know what you can do at this convention. And uh, Goldwater's coming in tomorrow. He wants to see me on this problem. And uh, I agreed to see him, and nothing good could come out of that. He wants to use this forum. He wants to encourage the backlash. That's where his future is. It's not in peace and harmony. And uh, so I guess I just have to listen to him. I really don't know what I can say to him. Well, all you can say to him is that you don't want to make an issue of it, that you think uh, uh, the matter ought to be settled. Well, I know. And, uh, we ought to be quieted down. That's all you can say. He... I, I can't say that I won't be for the law, and he's got to be against it, because he, he voted against it, and I voted for it. I'm going to do nothing to incite anybody, inflame anybody. I sent the FBI right into Harlem, just like I did in Mississippi. Sure. But I did so after talking to the governors and the mayors, both. Incidentally, Ferris was very appreciative uh, of his communications and the treatment he got uh, and the cooperation that he had with you in St. Augustine. And said so. Well, we've... Uh, We've tried to put ourselves in the governor's place in every instance. They don't make these situations. They, they, they're not responsible. We're not. But I can't tell Martin Luther King what to do any more than you can, and uh, you can't tell uh, Hunt what, what he's doing. That's right. So that's it's just, uh, it's just that black and white, and there are no graves here. Well, of course, again, I think your great appeal is that and your great strength in this country now is that you're doing what you think is right. And, of course, uh, I feel very strongly about it, as you know, and I think you have to take Bobby on in a goddamn fight. Let's take him on. And that's one thing. If you get me out of this goddamn capital and come up and help you, I'll tell you that. If it comes to that, well, yeah, I don't know what I can do, but I can carry wood or water. But if, if he wants to book a fight, well, let's have one. But I think he can book him in a, in a standstill. It won't even be close. I don't think he'll make the fight. 
And I damn sure agree that, that you ought not to give him running room between now and August. I agree with Clark Clifford and them. I just think you ought to just tell him now. If he wants to do something about it, well, sure, he's got 30 days. But, uh, damn, you've got 30 days, too. And, uh, I'd just go and tell him I'd get it over with, because I'd have a lot rather fight with him, but I told you I'd rather fight with him between now and August than I would the next four years. And I don't think there's any question about what he would try to, he would be delighted to see you defeated. There's no question about that in my mind. He's a, he's an arrogant, he's an egotistical, a selfish uh, person that uh, feels like he's almost anointed, and he's so power mad that it's unbelievable. And that's the very reason you, know, you can't take him on this ticket, because most people know it. Now, I've talked to this morning. I talked to people like Tex Thornton, who was at your luncheon today. I don't guess he saw you today. California. But, uh, of course, he's a, he's a strong McNamara man, which is beside the point. But uh, he said, hell, fire. McNamara, who's now a Democrat, he knows he's been a Republican. Uh, he said, I'll personally, he told me this morning at 8 o'clock. He said, hell, fire. Take McNamara, who's now a Democrat, even though he's been a Republican. Uh, he said, I'll personally, he told me this morning at 8 o'clock, that I'll personally underwrite a half million dollars. You give me three days, and I'll underwrite a million dollars, minimum. Uh, so if he goes on that ticket, and he said you can sweep every state in the union, uh, that's his opinion. I talked to Bob Anderson. He's trying to set up your, yesterday, he's trying to set up your citizens Johnson up there. He talks to every one of those men. He's got a hell of a lot of good Republicans lined up, including people like John Loeb. And they agree to it, and then they have second thoughts. And they come back, and John Loeb was sitting in his office and said, Now, wait a minute. He said, I want to help the president. I'm for him. I'm going to be for him. But I can't get out here uh, until I know who else will be on this ticket. Well, he said, if Kennedy's on the ticket, uh, then I have to resign. I, can't, I cannot support the ticket. And he said, I'd have to resign, so that'd hurt the president, hurt me if I were chairman of his, uh, his citizens for Johnson, Republican. And uh, so that's a reaction uh, that I get uh, in, just, uh, in just a few people I talk to. I, I don't think it's any question about it. Now, Bobby Kennedy, may, he's got these people in these delegations. He's got some of the party bosses up there. But, uh, uh, hell, he can't make a contest out of it far as you're concerned and i just don't think you ought to let it worry you and i think you just go and do what you think is right and uh and i think whatever public utterances you make on these civil rights that uh new york what the hell are they riding for they got a state fepc they had it they've got they've got uh, uh, schools uh, integrated they've got the public accommodation they've had it they've got city fepc they got every goddamn legal safeguard much stronger than the federal government just passed and they're still riding, and I think you just have to be as firm, just as you have been in New York, as you are in Mississippi, and uh, and just to make it abundantly clear, even if they continue to ride, that you that you cannot abide uh, and not going to stand for disorderly conduct anywhere by anybody. Well, trouble, I can't do that because that's what Goldwater says. He's for a national police force, and I got to leave it up to the governors and the cities and only help them when they let me, and they have let me in all these three states so far. And I'm getting the information on that's worthwhile. They don't, uh, you know, uh, FBI is pretty good, and uh, they work with them pretty good. Uh, they like Hoover. All the governors do. Johnson works with him, and every one of them, Brian, all of them work with the FBI pretty good. All the state patrols do. They train most of them, you know, and stuff like that. But it's been lucky up to now. But uh, I don't know what will happen with it. was like... Uh, uh, but I don't see the answer to this damn 
convention thing on seating. Well, I don't either. We'll just have to... Not then we'll have to meet that one. I, uh, and that's going to be a tough problem. Uh, because I think Mississippi and Alabama ought to be seated. Uh, yet they've got the rules, and I just don't know what the hell we're going to do. Uh, I do think it, it depends largely on what happens leading up to it. Uh, I... If they have 100,000 Negroes up there, or 10,000, making every time many, and they picket this thing because Alabama and Mississippi are being seated, and then you, then the convention kicks them out. Uh, the impression throughout the country is going to be, well, they just got kicked out because the Negroes wanted them kicked out. We talked to uh, the National Committeeman from Wisconsin yesterday here. We talked to some of my staff. He's going to be on the delegation, one of the leaders of the delegation, and he's a Democrat. And uh, he said he's against seating. And we said, why? Well, I got this, uh, just their stand on this nigger question. We said, how many niggers you got on your delegation? Not a goddamn one from the state of Wisconsin. We said, you're a sorry son of a bitch to be talking about uh, somebody else. You haven't got a single nigger on your delegation. We said, we got a lot of them. Well, he said, I guess that's right. Uh, but that's the kind of damn demagogy you get. How many you got in Texas? Oh, we got... Eight or ten, I guess. How many you got on your delegation? That's what I mean. I know, total, though. hundred and something? Yeah, 126. Got any Mexicans? Yeah, we got some. Got more niggers than we have Mexicans. But we got some Mexicans. Yeah, we, we got men and women and niggers and Mexicans. And uh, we got them on at large, and we got them on, we got labor people, and... We got every every group in in the world. Well, now they're they only really uh, they only three people that have any strength, John, that we can talk about to get nominated. If I had my brothers and just uh, could uh, just push a button, I'd put McNamara because he just is by far the most help to me of anybody. And. Uh, but that's out. There's not a one that's got a delegation, whether it's Lawrence or whether it's Wagner, whether it's Daly or whether it's uh, Minnesota or whether it's California. There ain't a single one of them go. They say that if we haven't got a Democrat in our own party, yeah. why, we can do it. So that's I that. that. I can now, that. You just can't get anywhere with it. Now, when you go on the Catholic thing, you don't get anybody that's uh, really very strong on McCarthy. Clark Clifford thinks we may have to come to him because he just thinks that uh, they'll say that they were discriminated against and their man got cut down and I came along and the Protestants took over and the man that tried to defeat Kennedy in his lifetime and defeated him in his death, Johnson Humphrey. And we may have to go to somebody that doesn't cause any trouble like uh, uh, McCarthy. But he's about the only one who thinks that. The labor people, Nene and Ruther and the, the Negro people and the, the the folks that do the work and got the votes and put up the money and the copes and all that for the party in these other states, they would uh, generally stay with you for Humphrey against the other fellow. But they would be satisfied with either one of them. Now, those two plus McCarthy... And uh, you can't have Stevenson. He's 63, and they don't—they're just not impressed with him. Although I think he'd be 
He wouldn't be as antagonistic to South as either Humphrey or Bobby. Yeah. But uh, they, he would be after he got on the ticket. They don't like him, never have, and, and so forth. But that's about what it adds up to. Uh, uh, you really need somebody that's a good debater and a good TV performer and uh, can take them on because you're tied down so damn hard in this job. Now, I don't want to say so, but I wish I knew some nice, decent way just to let let them fight it out and anybody wants to have it because I don't think you can win it. You've got trouble with Khrushchev and Castro say they're going to shoot down your planes the minute the election's over. They're going to save it for you till then. And you just got more damn problems than I can handle. I'm just, uh, I've got old enough and uh, flabby enough that I just, uh, I can't surmount all the obstacles. And I don't have the help and the advice and the, the counselors and the loved ones around you do it. I've got every man in my cabinet's Kennedy man. Uh, everybody in my heads of my department are all somebody else's men, just kind of like you had Price Daniel men. Yeah. And I haven't been able to change them, and I don't have the personnel if I could change them. I just don't, uh, they didn't go to St. Marcus Teachers College, and I, Bill and Jesse is about what I got out of that. And uh, so it's a, uh, Something I don't want to bother you with, but you don't want to got to bother, and it's just a, a agony. It's a real agonizing thing. Now, I'm sure it is. I, uh, the Republicans are voting together to a man, and the Southerners are voting with them. And we had to vote on a poverty bill this afternoon, and they were offered an amendment that you couldn't have any project in any state uh, unless the governor approved it. Right. So that would turn it over to the every Republican governor in every Republican state. And they'd rather just take it away from the federal government, what it'd do. Right. And uh, it's 45-45. And I had the votes in the House. I've got 200 ready to pass it. And then the old man Smith wouldn't give us rule. And he finally agreed to give us rule if McCormick could hold it up two weeks. So we don't vote on it August 8th. And that Ed Burris is sending everybody from Texas wires wiring everybody down there, please pull the wires in, the Manufacturers Association, Chairman Collins, and I'm winning them by one vote, 45 to 46. And uh, uh, I don't know, uh, I just shudder to think what happened if, uh, if Goldwater uh, won it. Uh, he's, a, he's a very, uh, he's a man's had two nervous breakdowns. He's not a stable fellow at all. He just shoots from the hip with everything. One day he says, I'm a phony and a faker, and the next day he called up and won't see me. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't really know how to handle it all. That's, that's, that's the honest truth. I, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, I don't. No, I don't. If I, if I could uh, find a way in the world, what it looks like, that even when I get to, uh, if I win, I lose. Uh, because... Uh, I, I want the South for me, and uh, that's all I've got. And if I can't offer the ticket to South, I haven't got really anything to offer them. Uh, and uh, the, I don't have any standing in Chicago, and uh, Chicago Tribune, Iowa, uh, Los Angeles, New York City. And uh, I read the clippings last night from Arkansas. Wallace was up there, and Paulus was very friendly, and introduced me to tell him about how I couldn't get about to vote the Democratic ticket. Now, my judgment is we're going to lose every southern state, including Kentucky and Oklahoma and Missouri. Now, that's my judgment. 
as of now. And I just don't think they can take this nigger stuff, just keep pouring it in, and they're going to pour it in. Yeah, I think they will. Well, uh, I think I'll have that conversation if I don't change, hold him online. Uh, if I don't change my mind, I'll have that conversation. And uh, I'll call you afterwards, and we probably will have to make a deep pitch to governors like uh, the Iowa governor, Hughes, yep. and uh, the Ohio leaders, and Pennsylvania, and see if they'll stay with the president. Then I just think I have to say that if they don't, I'm not going to uh, let them put somebody in bed with me that'll murder me. I just can't be president. Then that's exactly what he wants. Because then his having enough support to be vice president, and I got out, he'd have it more than anybody else had. That seems to me. But I don't think my self-respect could suffer defeat at the convention and then take the presidency to you. No. So, uh, no, no use being a crybaby. I just have to say that, uh, well, it's not that bad. Well, I don't know. It's uh, I'd get the seven votes, but if this thing gets out and this this fight against the South gets up, I'm going to wind up without anything but the South, and the South ain't going to be for me. But they're not going to be for me on the grounds I'm a Southerner. But I have no real uh, any rapport or anything in common with those folks. The only thing is i got possession of the office at the moment. And they say, well, we don't have to endure it until November. Uh, we can win with Goldwater or nearly anybody. And uh, we don't care. Well, I think that's right, too, but they don't care much. Uh, they, they think if I get defeated, they're in charge of all of it, you see. So I'm going to tell him that. You think about it, then we'll come in and fight it out, and uh, you be ready, and I'll, I'll call you back. Let me... Uh, anything else now? No, I'll be your call. Well, uh, who else? Who would you pick as vice president right now? What about Bob Miner? Oh, they wouldn't. Uh, couldn't think of it. He's not. Uh, he's no, not. No stroke. No. No. What about Abe Ribicoff? No. Tom Dodd would like to have it, but you couldn't do it with him. No. You're going to have to take either Humphrey or McCarthy or or uh, Bobby. And I would take Bobby. I'd take Humphrey. And I think Humphrey would cause you trouble in the South. And I don't think it'd be much better than Bobby. And I think if Bobby's position is that you're going to lose South anyway, and God damn it, why don't you come on and let me hit you get these other states? Well, Humphrey can do that. Well, of course, I would take, uh, uh, if I were doing it, I think, and I don't know him well. I really, I really shouldn't say. Uh, I don't know McCarthy that well. I think I He'll get a lot of smear. He votes for the oil and gas companies. He votes for depletion. And he'll help you a little that way in Texas. But he'll catch you uncharted hell from the Drew Pearson and the rest of them. They've already told me. McCarthy? Yeah. Why? Well, he was friendly with Kerr, and he's voted for oil and gas a few times. And he's kind of regarded as a liberal renegade. Well, I really don't know. Uh, but I'd take him on, simply on the premise that nobody knows him, and uh, he, he's uh, down a little harm, down a little good. Well, watch him. If you need any help, all you need to do is keep him getting cut up. Watch, watch him. They're going to cut you up. They're going to cut you up. And uh, then I'd go with Humphrey. That's all you can do. 
But she'd really prefer uh, the McCarthy dumpling. Sure. Well, we're not going to carry any southern states, John. And Humphreys has a lot more appeal in other states. In the Midwest, he has a lot more appeal in McCarthy. In a state like Iowa. Well, I think you may be surprised what happens to some of these other states. Now, you're getting a greater manifestation of uh, and more outspoken uh, criticism and fears expressed in the South. But I suspect that the, the, the Harlem riots are having just as deep an implication in Chicago, I mean in New York, as they are anywhere else. I know damn well they are. Uh, human nature is pretty much the same. It's a matter of degree. And if they just keep on and, and riding in Harlem, uh, you're going to have unshirted hell. And you're going to have it in New York. You're going to have the same type of rebellion there. And in Chicago, New York, is the, I mean, in New York, as they are anywhere else. I know damn well they are. Uh, human nature is pretty much the same. It's a matter of degree. And if they just keep on and, and riding in Harlem, uh, you're going to have unshirted hell. And you're going to have it in New York. You're going to have the same type of rebellion there and in Chicago and Iowa and the rest of them that you have in Alabama. Uh, the, this thing runs deep. Now, you can't, it's not going to go on conservative and, and, and Republican lines. You're going to see more cross-voting this year than ever before in the history, in my judgment. Maybe. I agree. But you would take uh, McCarthy first and Humphrey second. And Humphrey second, sure. But, and I don't know. I really should think about it. Think about it. We'll talk about it, too. Uh, Saturday, Sunday. Okay. Watch uh, McCarthy on TV on Meet the Press on Sunday. All right. And uh, you better be ready to come up here Sunday. Well, I just, I will, and I just want to give you this report. I just want to worry you about it. Oh, that's all right. I think it's right. Wonderful. Okay. Thank you for listening to Bridging the Political Gap. If you've liked what you've heard, please share it. And we would love to hear from you and your thoughts on, on our show. So if you'd like to, please leave a review wherever you get your podcast. And until next time, thanks again and so long for now.